So uh, Ebo put this put Twitter poll up at Zoe Madison. It's kind of an extension of last week, and now I mean, it, last week it was I mean it was it was in the ether, but I feel like it was only because that was there was only two games and there was still teams in bye weeks, and we're like, ha ha, Vikings, that'd be a funny story, but. Most of us assumed the Saints were going to house the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, whatever. Drew Brees and the Saints were just going to roll. And then it was like, okay, prepare yourself, Packer fans. It's going to be the Saints. It's going to be at Lambeau. Like, do we have a prayer to beat the Saints? Well, then the unthinkable happened. The Vikings outright beat the Saints, completely changed the bracket in the NFC. And now, Ebo, it's not like you're throwing out different scenarios. Now there's only one, right? 49ers, Vikings play Saturday. The Packers get the winner of that game if Green Bay can beat Seattle on Sunday. So it's real simple. If the Vikings win, the game's at Lambeau Field. If the 49ers win, the game's in San Francisco. So my question, our question on our Twitter poll, who are you rooting for? Vikings or 49ers? Say, gay, go for home field advantage or no, I'll never root for the Vikings. I I honestly couldn't bring myself to root for the Minnesota Vikings. It's just... It makes me sick just thinking about it. The Vikings, one of it's isn't it your most hated rival. I hate the yeah. Bears the most, yeah. but the Vikings. I mean, the, but at the same time, I don't want the Packers to go to California. What's what'd be harder? Packers winning a third time in Cali, or Packers beating the Vikings for a third time? Right. There, it's the you know the the number three. Um, no, I liked your theory. See, yesterday or last week, Nelson, we talked about it. Your theory was, and I completely agreed, is when you start trying to manipulate things and scoreboard watch and hope this team loses because it benefits our team better, you get lost in that, and it usually blows up in your face. And I couldn't agree more. Do you think this one is different when it's just A or B? And there's not different scenarios that it would play out like last week. This week, it's just black and white. Vikings win the games in Lambeau. 49ers win, that game would be in San Francisco. Do you, is it different than last week where there were still multiple scenarios? I'd say it's still the same as last week. You still got to beat the team in front of you no matter who it is. Yeah. Though, would I prefer one team or the other? I'd probably slightly lean towards I'd rather play Minnesota. Yeah, I'd lean Minnesota too just because you get them at home and whatnot, but physically rooting for the Vikings. Oof. It makes my stomach turn. Well, especially in the playoffs. And then the the other uh, side of that, 608-321-1670, by the way, the other side of that is, okay, let's say we agree, we come to a consensus today that, no, you got to root for the Vikings because it, even though you hate the Vikings, it's you got to play the percentages, and the percentages are going to have it higher that the Packers make the Super Bowl playing at home than in San Francisco. Okay, let's go along with that. Well, then are you, are you, are you tempting fate? By by letting the Vikings get one game away from the Super Bowl, and would you then be worried that like they're so hot that it's a 2010 Packers situation? And can you just imagine if that game is played at Lambeau and the Vikings win? And that's the thing. Th- I mean that that almost becomes worse than t- for me as bad as 2014 was and the collapse. I almost feel like losing an NFC Championship game at Lambeau to the Vikings would be worse than having a 99% chance to win like they did against Seattle five years ago. I feel like losing to the Vikings at home to go to the Super Bowl would top the way they lost to the Seahawks. Well, that would be the most unbearable thing ever. Is you, so, I mean, Joe, you get a wish, and your wish is for the Vikings to come to Lambeau, and right. the Vikings do come to Lambeau, and they beat the Packers and go to the Super Bowl. What if that was what caused the Vikings to finally exactly. win their first Super Bowl? Could you honestly you live with yourself that. No. that you cheered for the Vikings and then no. got what you wished for, and the, at the expense of the Packers, they went on to win the Super Bowl? That's why I'd I'm rather face to the Niners. No here. Yeah, I would rather face the Niners just so the, the empty trophy case joke can live on. Exactly, and and that's my. In point. fact, I'm doing that. I'm cheering for the Niners. <laughs> I'm voting right now. I feel like I have to vote for the 49ers here too. As as I mean, look, they lost 37 to eight. And frankly, it wasn't that close. I mean, that game was 21 nothing at the half. It could have been 42 nothing at the half, that game in San Francisco. Now, maybe Green Bay has learned from that. Maybe they've gotten better. Uh, maybe they just, it wasn't their night. I mean, look, San Francisco lost to Atlanta at home two weeks later. So it's not like they've shown that they can't win, you know, have a bad home game there. But, I mean, the memory of how badly the 49ers thrashed the Packers is still on my mind. That being said, to what you just said, putting a scenario in my brain to see the Vikings picking up the NFC trophy Mm. and running around Lambeau, running around our building with the trophy that qualified them for the Super Bowl, 
That that might that might be worse than seeing Brett Favre wear a Viking helmet. I don't know. That might be Brett Favre. The darkest day of my sports life was the day Brett Favre donned a Viking helmet. Watching the Viking players because they'll bring out the podium, right? And Joe Buck will come down and they'll announce and they'll bring down the Vikings owner and they'll say, "Here's the the NFC Championship trophy." And it would be on the 50-yard line of Lambeau Field. Seeing the Vikings being presented with the, cha- the the champion of the NFC Trophy at midfield at Lambeau Field would probably be my darkest day as a be, Wisconsin sports fan. It would be awful. I mean, up there for me is when Jay Cutler, I love Jay Cutler, but when Jay Cutler finally beat the Packers at home and it was Bart Starr and Brett Favre there and Cuddy on Thanksgiving had like eaten the turkey leg at Lambeau, that pained yep. me. But if I were to see the Vikings hoist that trophy at Lambeau, it would be terrible. But... I will say uh, for the Super Bowl, was it was it last year when it was at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, or was that two years ago when the Saints beat the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl? Well, they I mean two years ago was the Minneapolis Miracle, but that was when the was when was run. the Super Bowl held in Minneapolis? Was that last year or two years ago? Whatever it was, it was two years ago because it was Patriots and Eagles, I believe. I did want the Vikings to make the Super Bowl then, so they could they just lose, lose in their, in their own stadium. stadium. Right. I I did want that, but since that's out of the equation now. God, I no, I have to root for the Niners. I think. Yeah, I mean, would you w- would that be? I mean, well, let me ask you: where where does Brett Favre donning a Viking jersey and helmet rank as far as darkest days for you and your sports history? It it was it was terrible. It was awful. But when Favre threw that interception for the Vikings against the Saints, that right there. Cure it all for me. True, but you had to wait. A, I mean, that was in late I had to January. Wait it out. You had to wait almost, you know, six, seven months after he signed with the Vikings that made it to all, get the payoff. It that did. made it all worth it, though. But the dark. I mean, I seeing the Vikings running around. Uh, it's the Hallis Trophy, is the NFC champion. Seeing the Vikings running around Lambeau Field, holding up the George Hallis Trophy, would probably be the darkest day in in, in my awful. sports existence. I mean, that would to me that would trump. Losing to Duke in the national championship game, that would trump the 2014 NFC championship game. To see the Vikings go to the Super Bowl in Lambeau Field, I don't know that I would recover from that. I might go straight Nelly and just hate everything. Going Niners. Nelson, you would have a I would I would make an extension on Mount Notice. I'd move. I'd buy property from Think about rent. what you just said. The Minnesota Vikings running around with the George Hallis trophy. I don't think about all that. The owner of the Bears and my hated <laughs> team running around on my team's field. And Lambo. I, I don't know if I'd recover from that one, Evo. You've convinced me. I, there's no way I can cheer for the Vikings on Sunday. Yeah, hey, to, be, want... to be the best, you got to beat the best. Oh, man. Go I Niners. I, I don't want to go to San Francisco, but damn, I can't risk losing at Lambeau to the Vikings. I wouldn't recover. Uh, That's an interesting paradox we're in, Packer fans. I got a, a very burning question in for you, Ebo. What's that? Because they, they, we know the schedule. Well, we know the teams that the Packers play in 2020. We don't know the location, you know, or the schedule. We know the eight home games, the eight road games. You don't know when they'll take place, you know, five weeks, Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, whatever. We know that the Dallas Cowboys are not on the Packers' regular season schedule. Correct. So, part you could say, whew, man, we wouldn't want any part of that. Or you'd say, man, that would have been, how amazing would that have been? But here's the thing. Uh, I do think, and we were looking at this, you know, during the break. I do think Dallas's roster is certainly good enough to be a playoff team. And you look at that division, which is not very good. Mm-hmm. So it would not surprise me at all if, in quick order, Mike McCarthy shoots some new energy into that program, and Dallas immediately becomes the best. Not that the Cowboys are a great team, just that they're the best of a very average group, and that the Cowboys make the playoffs next year. In fact, I would probably bet right now if I had to put money on who wins the NFC East next year, I would bet the Cowboys. Now, the Packers are the reigning NFC North champions that will be coming into 2020, right? Yep. So the Packers will be favored to make the playoffs in 2020, correct? Correct. My question to you and your brethren of the Mike McCarthy fan club, if Green Bay and Dallas square off in the playoffs next year, is there an is there a position by the Mike McCarthy fan club where that have to be wait to be addressed until a potential Packer Cowboy playoff matchup would occur? Well, it's very easy to uh, give you the answer for that one. You congratulate Mike McCarthy on qualifying for the playoffs, and sorry to see his reign end at the hands of the Green Bay Packers. And uh, Nelson, correct me if I'm wrong. Really easy. Was... Root for the Packers. Okay, good. Uh, Nelson, Mike McCarthy never made Mount Notice, did he? Was that was he pre Mount Notice? He was pre Mount Notice. I feel like the Packers put him on notice in 2018. 
as I don't think as a Packer, other than Rashawn Gary, I mean, Mur- Murphy's never been on it, has he? Gilbert Brown. Gilbert Brown. Gilbert Brown. Former Packer. If, um, if Mount Notice existed in 2017, 18, or whatever, would, who would Ted Thompson, Mark Murphy? Oh, Ted Thompson would have had all four faces. All four faces. He's the problem why we're sitting here with uh, Mike yep. McCarthy at the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Ted Thompson is the reason. Ted Thompson was that riff. Well, that's just rude. Ted Thompson destroyed the Green Bay Packers mm. from 2015 on? Yeah, it was rude how bad he was at his job. Mm, 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 mm. A heck of a football man. Uh, I, I think if McCarthy's smart, uh, he, you know, Jerry Jones is smart, they'd reach out to Ted and bring him into Dallas. No, they, Not, if, but I don't want to see If they want to get fired. <laughs> hey, yeah, Jerry Jones should bring Ted Thompson in for help, even though Jerry Jones somehow gets all this really good talent and Ted Thompson's over here scouting kids for Abilene Christian. Hey, Ted Thompson drafted wide receiver who just opened up his own tire shop. There you and go. he's only Mult- 30. Multi-talented, man. Uh, all right, a lot of people responding to the Twitter poll. Uh, Joe and Evo Wonderings uh, on Twitter at Zoe Madison. Will you root for the Vikings on Saturday to beat the 49ers? Of course, a Viking win would mean the NFC Championship game will be in Green Bay if the Packers win. Uh, if the 49ers win, obviously the NFC Championship game is in San Francisco. A rematch, Evo, for a game that the Packers got annihilated in two months ago. Uh, or the Vikings, where you've already beaten twice, and you know the whole is it tough to beat the same team three times? I don't buy that. If you're the better team, you're the better team. Um, but to me, the 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 holdup on me voting on this isn't I would be worried about losing to the Vikings because it's a third matchup. To me, the holdup would be a I can't stand the Vikings, and b even the idea, the notion, even if it's at a one percent chance. I'm seeing the Vikings running around Lambeau Field with the Hallis Trophy, the championship trophy, the NFC, would probably be an image I could never erase from my memory banks. I'd have to go to like total recall and have like memory, fake memories implanted yeah, I would into my brain. Never be able to forget that either. I'd call it Men in Black and hope for that mind eraser thing. My question is though, can the Packers beat the Seahawks in order for this to all unfold? But if we're looking at Vikings and Niners, I'd you know I'm I'm. I want to see the Niners. I don't want to. I don't want to roll the dice, play a little Russian roulette, and end up losing, and see the Vikings come into Lambeau and then beat the Packers and go to the Super Bowl. That'd be terrible. Can uh, the Can the Packers beat the Seahawks though at Lambeau? Well, that yeah. I mean, that's the other part of this that that you know has has to happen for it to even matter. Uh, I, I believe they can. Yes. I, you know, we'll 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 dive into the game itself. I guess the one thing to your question that you feel better about is. It'd be different for me if it was the, the schedule was reversed. If the Packers played first on Saturday and then you had to wait till Sunday night, because then I'm now I'm really wondering what to do. The nice thing here will be we'll know our fate, right? Mm-hmm. Like if the we Vikings will. win on Saturday night, now it's like, okay, here we go. Like you beat Seattle, the NFC Championship games in Green Bay, or prepare yourself. You got to figure out a way to go to San Francisco and win. So I, I do like that. I think the I think the NFL did the Packers, at least in my opinion as a fan. I think you always want to go go last. You want to see, you know, it's like when you get the coin toss in overtime. You always put the other team on the field first because if you stop them, you know, all you need to do is score and win. I feel it's the same thing here. Like we'll know what we got in front of us, right? So if the Vikings can do it again, maybe they're maybe they are the hot team. Maybe they get on a roll. They are on a roll. They beat San Francisco Saturday night. Now we're like, damn. They're pretty hot, and now it's the whole, can you beat a team three times, and oh man, the Vikings possibly coming to Lambeau Field. But as you said, it, it's a moot point because the Packers got to beat what, the What would you rather have revenge on? Would you rather have revenge on beating the Seattle Seahawks? Was that number one? Would you rather have, you know, exercise the demons of what happened earlier this year of losing so bad to the Niners, or is it just continue to dominancy over Minnesota Vikings? I'd like to see that exercise the demons over the freaking Seattle Seahawks. How many times? How many times we talk about the 2014 NFC Championship game? I mean, game? endlessly. Won't that be great to finally to beat the Seahawks and like in convincing fashion? Would that right some wrongs for you? It would. I mean, we talked about this yesterday. I mean, I don't think anything ever will. You can't. I mean, you can't unsee that. They had 99 percent chance to win the game. They were up 16 points with five minutes to go to get to the Super Bowl, and they had to have a fake field goal, a fake two point conversion, an onside kick, and a bunch of craziness to to get to lose that game. So I don't think you ever forget about it, but yeah, you win on Sunday. And by the way, Pete Carroll was the coach in that game. Russell Wilson was the quarterback in that game. 
feel just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You say, okay, we finally got those dudes in the playoffs. I mean, now the flip side of that would be, Evo, you win on Sunday against Seattle. The NFC Championship game is in Green Bay against Minnesota, and then you lose that game. I'll tell you what, I go right back to feeling as bad as I did in 2014 <laughs> if that happens. Yeah, that, but at least for a week, at least for a week, we'd be living high because we yep. beat Seattle. So I'm with you on that one. I mean, the, the difference is that was obviously the game to go to the Super Bowl. You still have one more game to go here. I mean, yeah, no, what would hurt you more? Let's say the Packers are in the NFC Championship game. Would it be losing to the Niners or losing to the Vikings? What would be the? Wouldn't it be the Vikings? The one oh, that's not even close. Yeah, that's why I want them to face the Niners if they are to beat the Seahawks. I want the I want the Packers who have been disrespected all year, saying that the worst thirteen and three team. They don't belong there. They got lucky all year, which I, you know, a lot of people have been saying, and I can see where they're coming from. But I would want to see them beat the best and to go on to the, to the Super Bowl and leave no doubt. They're the best team out there. Yeah, and I, I we said that last hour, and that's a good point. And, and I, how about a resurgence from Aaron Rodgers? Right. And I mean, look, there there will be, Ebo, um, you know, people that are saying this week, well, the Packers got lucky because they didn't have to play the Saints. Right. Like it, if New Orleans had won. Oh, man, th- there's no way the Packers could have kept up with with Drew Brees and the Saints. So they, they got a lucky matchup with a injured, you know, a, a, a light Seattle team that, you know, now has to play in a short week. Uh, traveling, you know, they, they they go east on Sunday to play a game. Then they fly back to Seattle and then they fly back to Green Bay. That you know the Packers just got lucky. They got a tired, beat up Seahawks team. If they played the Saints, they were going to lose this game. So they, it's still out there that there are probably people that don't believe in the Packers, and I think there are people that still believe, even despite that, that the the, the Seahawks are the better team than Green Bay on Sunday. So yeah, you're going to be. I mean, you're still thirteen and three, one of the last eight teams playing, and you're still if you're the Packers chasing the idea or defending the idea of are you overrated that you're in the playoffs? I mean, look at the weapons that the Seahawks have. They had to sign Marshawn Lynch, who hasn't played in years, to carry the ball. Now he's going to get like a bunch of carries as Pete Carroll. Who would you who and you know skill positions? Who who edges it out? Ah, oof, that's a good question. Let's just go with the quarterback, Rodgers versus Russell Wilson. Who'd you rather have right now? Probably Russell Wilson. No, definitely Russell Wilson. I wouldn't say, I mean, uh, Russell Wilson. It's irrelevant to how we get there, but I would say Russell Wilson. Why, what about wide receivers? See, now, like, I mean, you'd rather, obviously, you'd have Devontae Adams, but after that, phew. I think you go Seahawks. You have two solid receivers. I mean, DK Metcalf's been on fire. DK Metcalf. Tight ends? Again, the Seahawks. both stink, but probably running backs. I think you, I would take you'd Green go Bay Packers. That one. Offensive line, I think you'd clearly take Green Bay. Seattle's yeah. offensive line is terrible. Well, Packers got. I think don't they have the best offensive line for giving their quarterback time? Yes, but Rodgers has passer rating as the third lowest since he became a starter in 08. Yeah, Seattle's offensive line's not the greatest, and obviously you've seen what uh, the Green Bay Packers defensive front has done to bad lines this year. It's and then a- what about the defense? Oh, I think you take the Packer defense yeah, hands sure. down. So I mean, the offense scares me a little bit for the Seahawks just because Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson and Rodgers is not looking – Rodgers looking average to below average. But it's at home. We got out of Lambeau. Exercise some demons. Uh, 608-321-1670, Packer fans. Um, I mean, what, what, you know, are you more confident on, on this game than – any other matchup you would have had this week. And then the flip side of that is, you know, is it better or worse that we're watching the Viking 49er game? I mean, what kicks off 3.30 on Saturday our time. So, you know, it's like by, you know, late afternoon, early evening, we're going to know where this thing sits. And again, are you are you rooting for the Vikings because you are confident that the Packers are going to take out Seattle on Sunday and of course you want the you always want the road to any championship to run through your building your your arena so as weird as it would be uh you have to root for the Vikings on Saturday night or do you say no screw that from the idea of you don't want to play the same team three times to you couldn't stomach seeing the Vikings win on your field to what you said uh Ebo to be the man you know to quote the great Ric Flair to be the man you got to beat the man, mm-hmm. and, you know, people will still be doubting Green Bay. 
So why not go in and vanquish any type of doubters? If, if, if Green Bay goes into San Francisco and wins in the NFC Championship game, pretty sure nobody then will say that the Packers were an overrated 13-3 and team. No. Because they definitely said it going into the playoffs. I think based on Minnesota's upset of, Sa- of Sa- uh, New Orleans, they're probably still saying it now. Hell, they might even say it this week because they'll say, yeah, they won, but they were at home and they played a Seattle Seahawks team that was so beat up they had to sign Marshawn Lynch who was, you know, in a bathtub of Skittles two weeks ago. Yep. Give me the, to be the man, you got to beat the man. But and I'm saying, give me man, the Niners. You got to beat the man. No Vikings. And I'm saying, woo. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, it's a great point that you bring up. Like, yeah, I mean, there's no, because, well, let me ask both of you guys. If Green Bay wins Sunday, do you, do you think that, because Seattle could, they were an elbow away from being the division champ in the two seed. And they were a, a crazy loss a week ago, a couple weeks ago to the Cardinals away from having home field advantage. Do you think if Green Bay wins on Sunday, the national narrative will change and people will now say, I guess we were wrong. I guess Green Bay is a pretend or contender. Or do you think the national narrative will still be? Yeah, but they, they all they did was they got a first round bye. They avoided the Saints and they beat a beat up Seattle team. I still don't believe Green Bay. Like what? What will? Well, be- if you're if you're thirteen and three, I guess fourteen and three at that time, and you're in the NFC Championship game, there's only four teams left. You have to be considered a contender. They can say all they want if they're a. You know, lucky to be there, but at the end of the day, they're one of four teams left playing. You're a contender. You're Nelson, one you, game away from the Super Bowl. Oh, I agree with you. I'm just saying, Nelson, do you think that the narrative... Because, would, Nelson, would you agree right now there's still a lot of chatter that Green Bay is overrated, overhyped, doesn't have... They're not a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Yeah, for sure. Do you, how much over. does that... Did, do you think, if to Ebo's point, you get to the Final Four, you beat... Does it all change if they beat Seattle? Or will people say, yeah, but you played Seattle at home and, yeah, they didn't have any healthy players? I think if you barely squeak by Seattle, that'll be the narrative, especially if 49ers blow out the Vikings. So you got a hot 49ers team that's the best team in the NFC at home against a Packers team that just continues to squeak by. I still feel like that'll still be the narrative. But if you go in and destroy Seattle and Minnesota squeaks out a win against San Fran and you're undefeated against Minnesota, I think it flips to where the the narrative should be that you're the favorite to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. Well, could you imagine what they'd say about the Seahawks if the Seahawks win? They had to knock out Carson Wentz to beat the Eagles, then they beat the luckiest 13-3 and team out there in the pretender Packers. And it goes both ways. Yeah, it does. I, the difference is they could lean on and say to Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll have been at two Super Bowls, but I mean, you're talking six years removed from a Super Bowl uh, for that franchise. All right, 608-321-1670. Uh, we'll look at more at Packers Seahawks. Uh, Packers are a four-point favorite. Are they the better team in this game on Sunday? Uh, and your reaction to cheering? <laughs> that make you just feel cringy. It's terrible. Talk it's, about it's cringy. Awful. It's awful. You're, you're, the idea, the notion of cheering actively, not just you know like internally, like cheering. Like if the bike, if you're out at a bar Saturday night and Adam Thielen catches a 50 yard touchdown pass, do you, can you, can you see or can you envision yourself cheering no, I or high fiving somebody next to you at a bar that I'm like, Oh Gross. man, tough scene. Do we make a deal with the devil Packer fans? You guys want the craziest number numerology of, of the century. This, this, oops, sorry. This is yes. a game. This is a game changer. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, right, are playing in the the divisional round. Go, Pack, uh, go! This isn't symmetry. I don't know what is. Okay, today's January seventh, right? Uh, yes, you know who January seventh. You know who was hired uh, as the Packers general manager on this day in two thousand eighteen? Brian Gutekunst. Correct. Do you know uh, who the Packer head coach is? Matt Lafleur. You know who was hired on this day in Jan- in 2019? Matt Lafleur. What's going to happen today? That is in Gudukuns was hired January 7, 2018. Lafleur hired 2007 or January 7, 2019. It's January 7th. What happens today? What? Mark Murphy resigns. Oh my Your God! That would be incredible. True, or sh- or Nelson's guy Menenga gets fired. Actually, <laughs> I thought he was. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Well, something. <laughs> Uh, Mark Murphy says he's stepping down, and we throw the biggest party of all time. 
Ted Thompson officially walks away from the Packers organization. No, you never. He, Mike McCarthy has his introductory press conference to Dallas. I, I mean, know. he probably will, probably would have that. I, I wish happened you know, for the Packers though. Isn't that crazy? January same day that Goody and Lafleur were both hired on this day. God. Brett Favre officially announces a comeback. Dude, that would be sick. <laughs> I would. I'd Age be here. 50. I'd be here for it. Uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what, what what could be good that have they hired a new like beer vendor or something. I don't know. Mark Murphy sleds down a hill. Kelvin Johnson signs with Packers. So anyway, uh, I don't know if, it, you know. Good it, day for the Packers, though. It doesn't get much better than uh, new head coach, new GM. So that's the last two years. So I don't know. Maybe, you know, they're, they're preparing for a playoff game. Maybe that's the uh, the story of January 7th. Uh, all right, 608-321-1670. Uh, speaking of, yeah, right. Uh, speaking of uh, good days, uh, will it be a good day if the Vikings win Ebo on Saturday night? Or will it be a good day if the 49ers win on Saturday night, thus ending the Vikings season? Uh, you know, maybe had- on the day, like maybe the Brewers could do something. Ooh. There we go. Like the Brewer, like David Stearns, who now we're all saying bad things about him to inspire him to do something, right? Nelson called him a schlep. What is he going to do? Him and him and his buddy Becker actually agreed on something. They'd rather have Smoke than Eric Thames, right, Noe? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think you get a higher upside player. Smoke's a switch hitter. Obviously, Eric Thames is just a left-hander. Maybe today something happens with the Brewers. Maybe. What do you want them to do? I don't know. There's not a ton of guys left out there that are really going to make a difference with this roster. Uh, it'd have to be a trade. Yeah. Um, hater gets traded to the Yankees. There, for, I was just going to say, what about? I saw another hater trade rumor over the it's weekend. Not going away. Maybe, maybe Josh Hater gets traded today. Nelson Ryan Braun traded Don't. to the Diamondbacks for used no, spring no, training no, baseball. No, 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 no. Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun becomes the first active player to be already inducted into the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame changes its rules that you have to wait five years after retirement and inducts Ryan Braun into the Baseball Hall of Fame today. Will what they have any think? of those roid guys in the Hall of Fame? What's that? Will they have any of those roid guys in the no. Hall of Fame? So he's going to be the first. He'll start it. I don't know. I think I would prefer, I don't know how the contract details would work itself out, but uh, Kelvin Johnson comes out of retirement and signs with the Packers today. Okay. When's the last time he played? 2004. 15? <laughs> he's, oh, come on. He's well, still better than Jake Kumaro or oh, no Valdez Scantling. Hell, I'd rather sign Randy Moss than well, those I was going to say, why go Calvin if you're going that? Just, yeah, go Antonio Brown. That well, would be, it doesn't Mr. sound Big like Chess. he's going to be allowed to play. Did you see the uh, Antonio Brown curse that he tweeted out? I did not go do tell, well, I gotta, but I was gonna say, well, Ebo does that, Nelson. Why? I mean, I like Calvin Johnson, but why don't just why don't got Jordy? I mean, let, let's have a feel good story here for Wisconsin fans. Fine, the guy's like the most beloved wide receiver ever. Why don't just the news two years ago? Goody was hired on this day. Last year, it's a one year anniversary. By the way, hell of an anniversary for both those guys, Lafleur and Gutekunst. Maybe the new trend is you know they make a big news, so maybe Jordy signs All right, today. So you get rid of. Valdez Scantling, you get rid of Jake Kumro, and you get rid of oh, who's one more turd on that receiving core that we could get rid of? I mean, Geronimo Allison's Geronimo kind of Allison. vanished. Geronimo that was Slow, the guy that was Allison. escaping me. You remove those three from the roster, and you add Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, and Jordy Nelson. Is that a significant upgrade? <laughs> Dude, I was at um, on. I, I would was, say yes. Sadly. I would say yes too. And all those guys, how many years has Jordy been out? One. Randy Moss has been out what five or six years. And Calvin Johnson's been out for four years. They've been out of the league combined for like ten years. They're still better than the current guys they have. I was at Pinecone last weekend eating some hungover hangover breakfast, and the lady behind me was talking about that she loved everything Brian Gutekunst has done, but the only things that she is upset with is not bringing Jordy Nelson back and letting Clay go. Like in what universe, lady? Here's the Antonio Brown curse. Over the last week. The Steelers, Raiders, Bills, Patriots, and Saints all got eliminated. What's the common connection? Antonio Brown either on the on the roster or trying out for the team. Uh, that's funny. Uh, well done, AB. And then he then he laughed at the Patriots for losing Saturday night, but then tweeted out, uh, the only team I would consider making a comeback for is the Patriots. 
And he he put a laughing emoji that he said Patriots laughing, and it was a laughing emoji. And then ten minutes later, he tweeted, "The only team I would consider playing for in 2020 is the Patriots." Do you know that Logan Paul? The guy's literally lost his mind. Do you know that Logan Paul yeah, he guy wants to fight him? Yeah, Logan. AB said, "Square up at Logan Paul." Logan Paul's uh, Logan Paul's a total douchebag, but he said, "Square up, Logan Paul." Logan Paul quoted AB's tweet and said, "I drop you faster than the Patriots." <laughs> hey, by the way, Logan Paul. Who is this guy? I've heard of him. He's I don't even turd. know what he he's is a, or what he he's does. He's a Twitter or a YouTube guy. But, by the way, he's big a YouTube guy. Yeah, and they yeah. tried to be an MMA guy. A, a big high school wrestler, Nelson. Maybe he would step step up for Stoughton High School in its fight against the Vikings. Don't need him. Uh, by Sounds the way, like a turd. He's a YouTube guy. Nelson, you'll be happy to he know. He's a turd. <laughs> you'll be happy to know on my uh, Actions on Radio Twitter poll. Stoughton High School was founded in 1923. The Minnesota Viking franchise founded in 1960, yet they have the same mascot, colors, nickname, identity. My theory, our theory, is the Vikings stole their mascot and colors from Stoughton High School. 80% of that Twitter poll says yes. I think you, I'm telling you, Nelson, you have a claim as a Stoughton resident. I'm just, I never lived in Stoughton. I'm just trying to help you. I mean, and every Stoughton resident. In Stoughton, I found a hell of a WisconsinHistory.org. That's a great brief history on Stoughton, Wisconsin, Nelson. Did you know that your founder was Luke Stoughton of Janesville? He came to the area and was struck by its beauty and possibilities, and he purchased the land in 1847 for Stoughton. I did know that guy's name. Didn't know he was from Janesville. Yeah, you owe, you owe everything you've gotten out of Janesville. That hmm. scares me. I thought the guy's name was like Bob Stoughton who founded the city. Nope. nope Luke no. Stoughton. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, 608-321-1670. So we, right before we ran out of time, uh, Ebo, at the top of the hour, uh, we were asking about when the, the point spread came out. And I, I said, what was your, just, your first reaction? Because I always feel like sometimes, right, we overthink things and we, t- we spend too much time on stuff and we overanalyze stuff and we talk ourselves in or out of things, not just in, in sports and life, right? And I said, okay, the first thing you thought about when you saw minus four and the first thing you think about when you think of Packers Seahawks is what? Uh, the first thing I think about for Packers Seahawks is the freaking is either the fail Mary or the NFC championship game in 2014. But then I look at that line and then remember that Seahawks coming to Lambeau field Lambeau is a house of horrors for the Seahawks. They haven't won there since um, I think I read it was 1999 and Russell Wilson is just abysmal there. He is not, he does not have good stats at Lambeau field. So I'm glad we're getting them here. What about you? When you hear Packers, Seahawks, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the first thing you think of is just redemption, right? And I, I know it doesn't get you past 2014 up completely. Nothing does. Um, and I don't know that you'll ever get past 2014 what happened. But the first thing I think about is just it, it's you, you try, right? Like first thing is another shot, right? Redemption. Let's go. So uh, I, I am all in for this game. I mean, I'm, you know. Like Nelson said it, I mean, how many times have, uh, have we said it, Evo? To be the man, you, you got to beat, beat the man. man. And whether you think Seattle was not good, whether you think they were one yard away from beating San Francisco, uh, and the Packers then would have had home field advantage. By the way, how crazy would that have been? That Viking game could have been Saturday night at yeah. Lambeau. Uh, that would have been a bizarre one. Uh, but whatever, like, you have to, you, you knew once the regular season was done, you had to win two games to get to the Super Bowl. And if you believe the Packers can make the Super Bowl, and I like you said it, we've said it for ever since the Packers made the playoffs. If you're in the playoffs, you're a Super Bowl contender because you have one in six odds. Yep. And if you're if you have a first round bye, you have one in four odds to make the Super Bowl. So the, the, we always knew the Packers had to win two games. And I guess yeah, it doesn't really matter to me how, why, when, what, or where. Just win two games. Just win so, two games. You know. Root for the Vikings here. Root for the 49ers here. Hope you play the Saints. Hope you don't play the Seahawks. I whatever. You got to win two games. You can't like you can maybe fake your way into a win here and there. Luck your way. You're not going to luck your way into the Super Bowl. You're going to have to win the games regardless. So let's go. I'm, I'm, you know, Seattle at home. San Francisco in San Francisco. Doesn't matter to me. Gold jacket, green jacket. Who gives it? <laughs> exactly. What well, did we always say about Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers pre two thousand eight? When are they going to get the second Super Bowl? They're they're on the verge of a highly know, successful. They're about to be. You know, they're ready to blow the doors off a dynasty. They're good enough by themselves to possibly win a Super Bowl every year. Yeah. Even when they have a crappy defense. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the exact same thing that the Seahawks have right now? Super Bowl head coach, yeah, a top five quarterback in the yeah. league, and a bad defense. That's what makes them dangerous. 
Yeah, but were the Packers, well, I guess it didn't matter if they had a running back or not, but were the Packers calling up a guy who hadn't played in three years to come tote the rock for him? Some would say their running backs look like that the past few years. Well, not look, obviously this year. I mean, but they kind prior. of did the, the NFC the, the, the NFC championship game three years ago. That was the year where they ran Eddie Lacy into the ground, right, and ended his career. And they were signing guys off the street like five minutes before the playoffs started. So I mean, that team to Nelson's comparison. I'm, all I'm saying is they're still dangerous. You can't no, count I, them out. I completely well, yeah, think I mean, you can dangerous. never count out Russell Wilson, but and his stats that, at Lambeau aren't good, though. I preface that by saying I still lean the Packers to even cover this game, let alone win. I expect them to win. Uh, here's an update on your boy Mike McCarthy, Ebo, from the rap sheet. Ian Rappaport says Mike McCarthy. Now, this is interesting. Mike McCarthy has offered Kellen Moore the offensive coordinator job, the current Cowboy offensive coordinator, most coaches, when they come in, they clean house. Now, Matt LaFleur did keep Mike Pettin. Yep. I think that was a pretty good choice. I mean, Packer defense hasn't been special, but it's certainly been pretty good this year. Um, but Mike McCarthy, is a, he didn't correct me if I'm wrong, did not Mike McCarthy call the plays in Green Bay? Wasn't he basically the play caller for the Packers? I mean, I know they had offensive coordinators in the past, but Mike McCarthy was the play caller for the Packers, right? Yeah, and then he gave it, what, to, was it Tom Clemens? And then, he gave it that one year, and it was terrible, and then he took it back. Yeah. Uh, McCarthy, and he should have taken it back. McCarthy, I read, is also bringing his, uh, an eight-person team dedicated to numbers and analytics nice. on the sideline as well. So, uh, yeah, Big Mike. I think this is a strategic move by Big Mike Big here. Mike spent the whole year doing the Mike McCarthy project. It was a great video that was tweeted out there. I forget the account, but uh, it was a big J. Well, a big guy. Kellen Moore called plays for Dallas, and I believe they were like statistically the second best offense in the league this year. Yeah, yeah, their offense was great. So so I guarantee you this is, uh, this is what uh, McCarthy will do. This is strategic. He's going to come Strategery. in there and he's going to start calling the plays, say he is a little past his prime. And they're not doing so well. He'll go, well, we'll let Kellen Moore call the plays. And then if he starts to struggle, he'll take it back. Oh, I this see. This so, works him into multiple so years. So Kellen Moore's his patsy. Or yeah, he's Cr- like his fall guy. His Chris Carter's fall guy. I was just going to say, is he Chris Carter's fall guy? And he can also say if he's, <laughs> they start funny, to struggle, actually. hey, this was Jason Garrett's guy. I really didn't want him anyways. Is that? I mean, I don't know that you'd want to be setting yourself up already for failure if you're Mike McCarthy. I'm just McCarthy, saying if you're going to fail. Uh, if he is, it's kind of like an evil genius move by McCarthy. Uh, and then there's this, Nelson. You'll be happy to know this. Ooh, tough scene for Mount Notice, Ebo. New bracketology out because they do it every Tuesday. Guess who's currently the nine seed in the West playing Stanford in an 8-9 matchup in round one of the NCAA tournament? We are Wisconsin Badgers. You're Wisconsin Badgers and Mr. Mount Notice himself, Greg Gard. Right, Keep your guard question. up. Woo-hoo-hoo. Question. That's here. not even, Nelson, that's not even a bubble team. You're in comfortably yep. if you're a nine seed. They're not even on the bubble anymore. <laughs> We say good morning to our Bucks guy, Tony Cartagena. Tony, you're always clothed, right, in the locker room when you go to workout? Yeah, is that, is that a well, we were just that talking. issue we're having? Well, now, I think it is with, you know. It is you, a little bit of an issue, yeah. yeah. You know, where I work out, a lot, a lot of the old guys, you know, they like to strut around, you know. I was in the in there last night, guys standing next to me, you know, up here naked, talking about the Viking game. I was just like, man, uh, we lost all etiquette when it comes to, you know. Keeping herself clothed. I don't Tony's know, got nothing option. but etiquette, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm good on that. I, you know, when playing basketball, we used to have just the open shower uh-huh. afterwards, too, and you just go in, take care of business, and get out. Yeah, there's the no worst. Need, there's no. no reason to have a conversation. Like, put your drawers on before you have a conversation <laughs> with somebody. Thank you. Like, it's pretty doing? easy. Let's start uh, the movement right here. Agreed. Uh, all right, well, we start the movement of no more back-to-backs with the uh, the Spurs. I said it yesterday in the Daily Action Zone. Not that I thought the Bucks would lose the game. I just I felt uneasy about the matchup going two and three days. You give a good coach like Popovich two shots at it. He's you know he's gonna figure it out. Um, I know some Buck fans are like you know freaking out about the loss on Twitter after the game. I'm like, well, a it's 82 games, and b it's like I know the Spurs are down, but it's still the still the fur the Spurs, man. I don't understand how the Spurs are down. They had an eight-game losing streak this year, so they have 20 losses on the year. Eight of them were consecutive. Wow. And I looked at their schedule, and over that stretch, they, they lost to like the Timberwolves and Grizzlies on that stretch, but they had like the Clippers twice, the Lakers, uh, the Blazers were healthy when they had them. Like They just had this unbelievably tough stretch, and I still, if you're coached by Greg Popovich, you shouldn't lose that many in a row. But the Spurs are much better than their... 14, they're well, now 15 and 20 record. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, Rudy Gay, like those guys are still ball players. Yeah, I mean, well, the Spurs shot, what, 54 point something, whatever percent from three point land? Like when a team's hot, a team's hot. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. The Bucks' last two losses, Christmas Day and now yesterday, the other team has shot 
above 50% from three-point land. Now, how does, does that fall on, like, defense for the Bucks, or is that just a team's feeling it? I think it's give and take. I, I, yeah. You can – the Bucks are very comfortable – letting certain guys take three-point shots, they'll they'll kind of, you know, forfeit those, right? And they, they want to get people driving or taking mid-range shots. I had a conversation with Eric Bledsoe about that the other day. But, like, the way that they operate, they're going to give up some open threes. But also, there are very talented players in the NBA, and sometimes when you get hot, and we see it with the Bucks, shooting is contagious, right? Like, mm-hmm. we talk about that all the time when the Bucks get hot at Pfizer Forum, and that's what the Spurs did uh, down there in San Antonio last night. That's what the Sixers did on Christmas Day. Sometimes you just get hot, and you you ride it out. No, the Bucks lost by twenty two points. That's like the biggest. That's the biggest loss I remember them taking in quite some time. Can you remember a loss they had that big? I never, honestly, like. I mean, and, not that I care about it. No, but. but honestly, like, unless there's so the Bucks were seven point favorites last night. So if like it would have been the Spurs minus nine or something, I would have paid attention to the final score. Yeah, but. Like on Christmas Day, they were down big, and then they battled back. But really, the score wasn't as close as, as the final score predicted. Last night, the Bucks got it to six in the third. They were down ten to start the fourth, and then I think with like five or four minutes left, there was a twelve point game, and they just didn't make that final push. So like twenty two or whatever you said it was, like yeah, that's a big number. But you know, the Bucks were in it. You know, with twelve minutes to yeah, play, people get so, upset over it. They're still thirty two and six. That's the NBA's. Best record. Yeah, so I looked up yesterday and I tweeted it out. The date, the past, since Giannis came in the league, the date that the Bucks lost their sixth game of the season, the latest it's ever been was last year. Take a guess. The latest? The uh, latest they've ever lost their sixth game of the year. December 1st. November 26th <laughs> since Giannis came in the league. Wow. So basically Thanksgiving. That's crazy. So for the last six seasons, they've had six losses at Thanksgiving. They had their sixth loss of the year yesterday, and it's Damn. January 6th. So like, That's incredible. And they're still up, I want to say, five games, five and a half games on the Celtics for the number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they yeah. still have Giannis healthy. Uh, I feel well, they're the only good. team with 30 wins, too, 30, more than 30 wins. Because the Lakers have 29. Yeah, Lakers 29 and 7, Celtics 25, Nuggets 25. They've also played more games than everyone. They That's have, true, they've too. They've played like yeah. four more games than yeah. the Spurs. They've played five more games, I think, now than Boston. Like, they've just, which really helps them on the second half of the year. So they're, that's nothing to complain about. But yeah, they've played more basketball. They've, I think they've done now five back to backs and they have 11 total this season. So. They're sitting pretty for the second half. Visiting with our uh, Bucks insider, Tony Cartagena. All right, how, how much uh, buyer's remorse, Tony, does the four-letter network have for uh, for Bucks and Warriors tomorrow night? I mean, <laughs> look, I'll give him credit. I see the schedule come out. That's a sexy, juicy matchup, man, you know, in, in October. You're th- I know Durant's gone, but, man, it's still Steph. It's still uh, Draymond. It's still Steve Kerr. It's Giannis. It's just the passing of the torch. And now you have – I mean, like, I we all knew – that Golden State would fall, but my God, nine and twenty-nine. Uh, poor old ESPN, right? They get all these Bucks games, and it's you know the Clippers empty the bench, or the Warriors are terrible. Like they they just can't get to dream sexy Bucks matchups this year, can they? The Warriors have two Milwaukee Public Schools products on their roster, so there is there no hate go. from the Warriors coming on my end. There you go, yeah. Kevon Looney and Jordan Poole holding it down for the state. So that's pretty cool. I'm all in on watching the Warriors play the Bucks. I I mean. Those games are going to happen, whether guys are sitting, load management, things like that. Like, yeah. It's disappointing. It's more disappointing for a fan who spends, you know, X amount of dollars on a ticket and doesn't get to see LeBron. Or, you know, in my case, it was when I was younger, Iverson sat once, and I was just like, <laughs> oh, this sucks. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Bucks Warriors, you got to schedule that game out because the thought of it being Steph and Draymond and Clay or you know whoever's healthy. Yeah. That's much better, but no, I'm actually excited to see them play the Warriors strictly because of who's on the Warriors roster. Yeah, and that's a good again I actually called a high school game once on Fox Sports for Cavalier. He made a three-court shot Tony to win the game for was it Milwaukee Washington? He played for Hamilton. Hamilton. Yep. Um one of the greatest high school players I've ever seen. So you look I mean this look this is a I mean technically their 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 second, you know, West Coast trip, right? Warriors, Kings, Trailblazers. Um, and you said it, they played a lot of games. I mean, look, you get through this stretch and I mean, Golden State's terrible. Sacramento's close to terrible. Portland's decent, but man, you get through this stretch. You only have one road game the rest of January. 
you had pretty manageable games. I mean, we had this when we had you in here a couple weeks, and they were running through a stretch, you know, when they were winning 18 in a row against bad teams. I mean, they could be setting up for another huge run, right, come January, February here. Yeah, and that's the thing. There are a lot of bad teams in the NBA. Now, when you're a middle-of-the-pack team, like Toronto, Indiana, you can lose some of those. I mean, middle of the playoff standings pack, not like middle of the whole entire league. But you can lose some of those games that you're supposed to win. I think I saw the other night Miami lost to Orlando by like 20. No one's talking about that. And they're in third place in the Eastern Conference. The Bucks don't lose games they're supposed to win. Like the Spurs are going to be a tough team. The Dallas Mavericks, they only had eight losses when the Bucks lost to them. But where you got to look at the Bucks is like, yeah, they're going to probably run through Sacramento, run through Portland, run through, um, you know, when they play the Wizards and Orlando and those teams again. They got to win the games that are supposed to be closer. They got to beat the Miami Heats of the world, the Boston Celtics of the world, and they have a lot of those matchups coming up in the second half of the season. So that's really, you know, those games that are going to be on TNT or, or ESPN or those nationally televised Sunday broadcasts after the football season. Those are the games you got to watch to see how how the Bucks do, and if they can win those matchups, then you're really talking about yeah a legitimate yeah. Ride. I mean, really, too. I mean, look, the Celtics come to Pfizer on uh, next Thursday, yep. and then you have a game with Denver also at Pfizer the last day of the month. So, I mean, those are obviously two elite teams, two teams that could you know be championship teams. So, but I mean, but you're right. Other than that, I mean, you get the Bulls a couple more times, the Wizards, Charlotte, the Knicks. I mean. Hell, we could be talking about another huge winning streak and, and here, that's, Tony. That's the thing with this team. Like, if they're losing those games, then you're concerned. Like, if they sure. if they lose to Chicago and Charlotte in a week stretch, you can say something like, "All right, like what happened?" But win those games, and then you're you're not doing too bad. I saw the, your uh, your Rose Bowl pregame. I, I'm I'm glad you're still alive. With you, all the, all okay. the booze and food. Yeah. I'm just glad you're still standing, Bernie. Bernie, I have to ask you about this because Nelson and I were talking about it on air. We were doing our pregame show for the Rose Bowl, and on my Facebook page, your picture popped up. You said you're doing a sober January, but before you do it, you had to kick it off with like, how many wings did you have? Like 30 plus wings, a bunch of Coors Light, and some other artery clogging food items. So I had 30 wings. I had a, a medium double pepperoni pizza. I had uh, a bunch of Coors Lights, and I had a bottle of Mondavi wine. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. And I had a uh, chocolate cake to uh, top it off. So Yeah, there's a picture on Twitter. It says Matt Bernstein's on the Upper West Side, and you can see your feet, and you can see a six-pack of beer and a bottle of wine and about 200 wings and a pizza. And I'm like... I instantly told Ebo somebody needs to do a wellness check on Bernie that he's not like <laughs> suffering a heart attack on the floor of his Upper West Side apartment. So right now I'm still alive. I'm hey, doing aren't you okay. supposed to be getting in shape for your wedding, Bernie? You know what? Yes, you're right. <laughs> and maybe this will catapult that in there. But uh, it's been six days of no alcohol, which is like okay, but there's still way too many more days in this month. <laughs> Have you been tempted? Every second. If All see- Howie does is breathe in my face with wine breath. <laughs> <laughs> when you watch replays of the Rose Bowl, you get tempted to start chugging some Coors Light again? Oh, God. I, you know what? It, it's so sad. I can't even believe If you want to talk, is that what we're talking about today? We have, unfortunately, I mean, have to talk about it. For a, a little couple bit. of seconds, <laughs> then we can do fun stuff. You know what? I, uh, man, if you want to jump right in, I, I just am so. It's just. You know, you could talk about, like, that penalty, and you could talk about all the other things, but we really shot ourselves in the foot. Like, we, you know, we, we dropped a punt for a touchdown. We gave the ball up four times. Like, you can't win. Just off of that, you can't win. We had so many penalties that called back long runs. It really is just wasn't the way Wisconsin handles business, and that's why we lost. See, Nelson is steadfast that it's the, it's the refs. The refs are to blame for this, Bernie. Nelson, do you want to? Did you tell him? I assume you, Chatty Cathy, talked him off air over it. But do you want to say it on air? Well, I would, no, we didn't really talk about this. But I just the say, cackling the hens. Four turnovers is terrible. No one's denying that. But to end the game the way it was ended by the refs, bad look. Oh, I, well, listen, I'm not disagreeing. I think that is we could have won the game prior to that. You know, like to let that one play, yes, stop. It, it basically stopped us from winning, moving the ball. And winning, but you know, we had four turnovers. We gave the ball up. They scored a special teams touchdown. You know, like it's just uncharacteristic. And that penalty was such a trashy call. 
I don't think the refs are. I don't think refs anymore can keep up with the speed of the game. I think the speed of football has has moved forward too fast, and human beings' eyeballs and brains cannot keep up. Well, that's what we were talking about. It's either, you know, technology has advanced so much that it's, it's literally making everything worse because everyone can sit on the couch and complain about the refs and yell, you know, at the top of their lungs. But the refs are on the field making a judgment call. Like, they don't have that technology. Either get rid of some of the technology or get robot umpires. Yeah, you know, I, I, I do really think it was, a, it was a poor call to make at that moment. Like, you really are dictating the game by that call. Um, and, and you know what? You're putting a ref in a really terrible position. I, I don't feel bad for him because he's a ref, but I, you know, like we should have still won the game before that. Like, there's no, we missed a field goal. Like, our special teams was not great besides the one touchdown. Our kickoff return team is amazing, but everyone else is just okay. Yeah, field goal unit and punting. Oof. Yeah, brutal. So, like, we should have won the game. Numerous times before. Bernie, I, mean, I, have to, I have to ask you, dude. If a guy misses a field goal or a punter like Lottie did, fumble, you know, mishandles it, they're probably the loneliest person on the bench after they screw up. What would Matt Bernstein do to a player if that happened to him mid-game? Like, have you ever experienced going up to a, a kicker or a punter after they messed up? Uh, no, you just run away from them. They're like <laughs> pariahs at that point. <laughs> they got they're like lepers. You know, like you give them a hug if they uh, if they if they do their job. And if listen, you're a punter, man. You have one job: you catch the ball and then you punt it. And you, you should only punt it well. Like you shouldn't punt it poorly. So you practice all day. You do the same stuff. Like it, that's your. If I practice writing my name over and over, it, it's going to be the best way to write my name. So. It should never happen where your your concentration breaks and you drop the football, no matter what happens. Visiting with our guy uh, Matt Bernstein. So let me ask you then, Bernie. So when you played, you don't have to name names, but you know, like, because people always say there's the football team and then there's the kicker and the punter. Like, be honest now. Like, were they your boys or did you guys all the the badass running backs and fullbacks and O line? You're over there hitting the pads, hitting the sled, and you're like, look at those dork ass kickers over there. Or were they your buddies? Come on now, be honest. Well, so it's a it's a bit of both. You rib them, you rib those guys, you make fun of them, you you mess with them all day. But they're really important when it comes to football. You know, they're extremely important. But like Mike Allen, if he missed a field goal, I'd run away from him. But when he made it, I would go up and give him a high five. I used to go to his house in Hudson, Wisconsin, and we would do some crazy things up there. So like they they are your boys. You know, like RJ. Our, you know, he was like what. 500 pounds as a punter, we'd mess with them all day. But you know what? At the end of the day, like they're on your team. And Bernie, you didn't you have tell them? a story that when uh, your your kicker was trying to kick field goals in practice, you throw balls at his face and stuff? Yeah, uh, Taylor Melhoff, jacked kicker. So what, if he ever so missed a, a field goal in a game, couldn't he blame it on you? No, no, only when he was practicing kickoff did I throw a ball at the tee. Okay, gotcha. Listen, you got listen, you got somebody's got to make these guys, you know, think about other things so they can do their job. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what? That's and funny, dude. I always hated I always hated it because these guys would walk, they would come to the beginning of practice and the and the middle of practice when it was special teams, but then they would go into the locker room. We always thought they were watching TV, but these guys would always go in and do like ab workouts. <laughs> and then they'd come back and they, these guys are And you're eating jacked. 30 chicken wings. Well, that's now. Now I'm a, a fat, washed up, lush. But uh, <laughs> back then it was sixty chicken wings. What are you talking about, Evo? <laughs> Who knows what it was? But it was disgusting. Allie came up. She she was downstairs. She goes. She, I said. I go, babe. I got four wings left. She's like, ugh. You still have more left because she hates the way I eat. Like. Anything it's very yeah, eating a chicken wing, Bernie, especially a cold one, is very primeval. You know, you feel like you're a caveman, like you just clubbed the mastodon over the head with your, you know, your your club, <laughs> and you're just ripping the flesh off the bone. So I, I could see how that would go go sideways Bernie, for you. And I'm looking at your picture, and I'm glad you have blue cheese in here. Blue cheese belongs with wings, not ranch. Oh, for sure. Blue cheese is my jam. I love it, Bernie. How did it go for you eating during the Rose Bowl? What did it went from celebratory eating? Then did, how quickly did it turn into stress eating? I, I mean, it, it, the second half turned to stress eating, then it turned into, like, me looking like I swallowed a bowling ball. 
and then it went to me like, oh, I could, you know, like you can't, I can't follow anything social media at the end of a loss because it's just so depressing. And it's still depressing. Like I'm still getting emails today, like, oh, that Rose Bowl loss. You know, like, what is it going to take for us to get to the next level? Well, that's the that's question, all I right? Talk about. That's what oh, I wonder. I, I mean, now you got Quintus Cephas declaring for the draft. You know, Jonathan Taylor's going to the draft. He's gone. But now we got this guy, uh, Berger, coming from New Jersey, who is the second best recruit out of that out of New Jersey and the second best, I think, that Wisconsin's ever gotten besides, was it John Clay, I want to say? So is the future bright for Wisconsin? Can you have a freshman come in and make immediate impact in that position that's so important for the Badgers? I mean, Jonathan Taylor did it, so why yep. can't somebody else do it? I mean, listen, JT's a special guy. Cephas is a special guy. These guys, we cannot just replace them. Um, however, it's exciting. I know for a fact, like when I talked to some of the coaches, they were kind of freaking out a little bit about the running back position. Because um, what's his name? Watson is, is a young guy. Um, you know, Groshek, I don't think, is the number one type of dude. So having him, having Jalen Berger come in, Who's like maybe half Jewish because of the last name? I'm, I'm just kidding. Not a chance. There's probably, only one but, Hebrew uh, hammer, Bernie. Come on. That's also very true. Um, so I, you know, I think I think he's got big shoes to fill. But listen, I'm happy we're getting four star recruits, five star. You know, we're getting good guys um, who want to come play football here, and it's exciting, man. I I love that we're taking dudes out of Jersey. You know, that's where we've had a lot of success for 20, 30 years. You know, and I think if we, for us to be, continue to have success against Ohio State and other other humongous schools, we got to recruit New Jersey. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up, visiting with our guy Matt Bernstein, because obviously, Bernie, it started with Ron Dane, uh, then it was Corey Clement, and then it was Jonathan Taylor, now Jalen Berger. I mean, you're right there. I mean, how much of a hotbed is it? We we joke about like how historically bad Rutgers is, but I know like Penn State when, in their heyday. I mean, they, that's where they were getting a lot of their top guys. Like, how good at football is it over there? And really, how big is Wisconsin's footprint there on the East Coast? Listen, you know what? I think Ron Dane. Made made would put Wisconsin on the map in New Jersey. Rutgers has done a horrible job, notoriously, of keeping anybody from the East Coast, let alone New Jersey and New York. I mean, when I was getting recruited, it was atrocious there. I went to look in the weight room, and it was it looked like my high school weight room, but worse. So I don't know what they've done to to date, but I just know once you have that that I don't know people like think that that is what Rutgers is all about, why be there? They're, they're, they don't win. They lose a lot. And now, I mean, why, why would Ron Dane or anybody in New Jersey? Also, New Jersey has a lot of Catholic schools. They recruit. Like, they got good football. Go to the football camp once, watch this team get off a bus, and my coach goes, we will not be scrimmaging that team. Like, it was great. They got 150 people walk off the bus. I was like, what? That's a football team or a high school? <laughs> so, you know, New Jersey, they really do it right. They do football. They take, they, they take pride in it. Um, and I just am obsessed that we keep poaching guys. It's a hotbed. Hey, Bernie, I want you to obsess over your clean living in the month of January. You're going to make I, it, dude? I want you to be tight like a tiger for that, that Bernstein wedding coming up. <laughs> tight like a tiger. Yeah, when's your wedding? Isn't that like in a month? Dude, it's in a month. Yeah, no more chicken wings, yeah, Bernstein. Lay off the Come 30 on. wings, dude. Lay off me. I'm starving. Yeah, but the next day, I will eat a disgusting amount of food. Let me tell you. I'll Make sure you post a picture of it. Yes, please. <laughs> I will. Hey, when's, uh, when, when's the golf outing that I'm invited to? Uh, last, it's always last Friday in June. So whatever the last Friday in June is, Bernie, you and me, and a bunch of booze. Where is it? Oaks the Golf Oaks. Course. Beautiful Cottage Grove, Wisconsin. Oh my God, I cannot. And I think they—I think they have chicken wings there in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they I, have a I, great you, bar I, there and restaurant. I, I got one funny story for you guys about chicken wings. I went to the Great Moose outing. They don't do it anymore. This is a long time ago. Um, Donovan Rayola was in the cart behind us. <laughs> Donovan Rayola. <laughs> Hooters. They had Hooters wings at the turn. You know, in the hot trays. Yeah. Donovan Rayola pulled up to the tenth tee. With both trays of chicken wings in his cart, <laughs> doesn't like, surprise me. Yeah, doesn't. There's now nobody else ate lunch that whole day because there's no more chicken wings. But I was happy. <laughs>
Dominic hey, we'll do, hey, man, I don't know if we'll have Hooters. We'll just go right to the, the Hooters girls or something for you, Bernie, on, uh, at the Average Joe, all right? Hey, I'm, I'm down. I'll be there. Thank you, brother. Thank you, buddy. I love you guys. Bye. There he is, <laughs> Matt Bernstein. Uh, how, what is that? 30 chicken wings, a medium pizza, a chocolate cake, a six-pack of Coors Light, and a bottle of Robert Mondavi is yeah. what he put down during the Rose Bowl. Isn't Dominic Royola the guy that like went after the Badger band? We, yeah, did we make shirts Badger. about that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we gave him away at the pregame show. Yeah, that was like the first thing we've ever done. Yeah, that was our that was very good, Ebo. That was yeah. the first T-shirt we ever made. Look at that! Look at the memory yeah. on you, Mister Short Term Memory. Yeah, I'm thinking you're back. 